0: Bye. What's good, everybody? Welcome to the Sports Business Podcast. I am your host, Eric Compton, a.k.a. Money Compton. This podcast is available on all podcasts, wherever you get your podcast from. Make sure you hit the like and subscribe button. Uh, Google, Stitcher, Anchor, Apple, shout out to everybody. iHeart, shout out to everybody for making it happen. You can find me on Instagram at Money Compton. You can also find me on the Twitterverse at S-P-R-T-Z, B-I-Z-N-E-S-S. Um, also, you can email the show. That's S-P-O-R-T-Z-B-I-Z-N-E-S-S at gmail.com. Coming up on today's show, we're going to talk about the wildcard weekend. We're also going to talk about uh, a little bit of divisional playoff round. And then we'll also dab Dibble into the dummy of the day. But first things first, um, it is Monday, uh, 745 Western Pacific Standard Time. I usually pump out my contact content, uh, content around... Eh, about 2 30 Pacific time, but I said, you know what? I'm not gonna do that We're gonna wait until we kind of wrap up with Wildcard weekend But being the fact that I am currently watching the Cowboys and the Buccaneers game and the score right now Going into the fourth quarter, in the fourth quarter is twenty four to six. It's safe to say that uh, We can go ahead and uh, chalk that up for a loss of the Buccaneers however, if I'm the Cowboys I think you're about to go get a new kicker because I don't know who this dude's name is or whatever Mauer, I believe, is his name. He's missed four extra points. Uh, luckily, this hasn't bitten them in the butt yet. But, uh, yeah, the Cowboys better see if Sebastian Janikowski, uh, uh, Josh Scobie, uh, Morton or Gary Anderson. I think they were from South Africa. They, uh, th- those brothers, the the, the Garmatica brothers. They better go see if one of these kickers is available because this guy right now... Uh, it's safe to say he's probably not even going to get on the plane ride back home. So, uh, yeah. And now it is now 30-6. to 6, So, this game is officially over. We can go ahead and start talking about the Cowboys and the Niners, which will be pretty doggone interesting next week. But anyways, <clears throat> another thing on the show, before we get into, you know, actual sports business t- uh, context, yo, I saw this article and, and it was very, very interesting, per se. Um, according to the New York Times, New York Post, um... San Francisco reparations panel pitches $5 million to each black resident for reparations. Um, There's a panel, which I didn't even know, that studies for reparations, and they've proposed a one-time payment for $5 million for each black resident of the city deemed eligible as a recompromise for decades of harm that they have experienced, according to a report, ironically, today. The lump sum payment would compensate all all affected populations. So, to qualify... Uh they're saying that this might take place between this year and next year, which is about fifty billion. Um and the ramifications are to qualify, you have to have been to initially be eligible, applicants it must be 18 years old and they have to be identified as black or African American in the public documents for at least 10 years. Um if you were born if you were born or migrated to San Francisco between the years of 1940 and 1996, and have proof of residency for at least 13 years, or being personally direct uh, direct descendant of someone jailed in the failed war or drugs, or being a descendant of someone enslaved before enslaved before 19, 1865, yo, hey man, people in San Francisco they probably, they look like they about to get paid. Um, very very interesting to see how that's gonna go. Being the fact that I think. They just claim the state of California was $26 billion in debt, but it's neither here nor there. Very, very interesting to see what they're going to do with that, <clears throat> but we'll see. Um, now, going into the wild card rounds. So we had a pretty good wildcard weekend, per se. Um, the Niners, they, well, the Seahawks, they, they gave a good fight all the way up into the first half against the 49ers Saturday um the Saturday you know I, I I I said last week on this last on the show I said that it is hard to beat a team three weeks in a row I kind of stood by that statement all the way up until about I don't know halfway through the third quarter of that game when the when the 49ers wanted to beat the breaks off where you know they opened up a candle you know what on the Seahawks I think it was 20 to 17 or 17 all and I think the Seahawks were able to score a late touchdown late in that game but I I First of all, the Seahawks, did they thug Dizzle? Very, very, for a team that had no playoff aspirations. It was supposed to be a reboot year for them to be able to get all the way and win nine games. That's a huge nod to them. And they have the number fifth overall draft pick from the Russell West, uh, Russell Wilson trade to Denver. So they actually have Denver's pick this year. So they got a lot of different options that they can use. But as far as the San Francisco 49ers go, I've been saying this entire time out of the NFC. They and this, uh, the Philadelphia Eagles are probably the most complete team. Um, I, I'm still leaning towards the 49ers just because they haven't really shown any cracks in their armor. Um, you know, the only cracks in their armor is that their quarterback can't stay healthy. It seems like Brock Purdy, I believe, is either 6-0 or 7-0 now as a full-time starter. So, they haven't had to face too much adversity. The only adversity they had was probably Jimmy Garoppolo going out, and then they having not lean over to Brock Pretty. But they, outside of that, they 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 haven't really skipped a beat. And if anything, they've gotten healthier as the season slash playoffs has gone on. Um, Debo Samuel, this is his second game, and he ripped off a few, a couple of big plays. George Kittle ripped off a couple of plays. Uh, Joey Bosa, or is it Nick Bosa? I'm sorry, Nick Bosa, the younger brother. I always get them too mixed up. But the, whoever, the, the one that plays for the 49ers is clearly the better brother. Um, and I'm going to get to homeboy in a minute, Joey Bosa. I'm going to get to him later on in this show. That So, needless to say, I think the 49ers are probably the most ready team, probably the most complete team that you can think of. Their defense is really, really stout. I mean, people are trying to compare them to the 2,000, Bears, the 85, 2000 Ravens and 85 Bears. I'm not ready to go on a limb like that just yet. But I will say this. I do remember that 1995 squad that the 49ers won the championship, the Super Bowl, with when they beat the daylights out of the Chargers. And that squad was stacked from 1 to 53. This team, not going to lie, is probably giving giving them a run for their money and i told somebody that on saturday i said hey just getting to the super bowl that ain't enough this is a, i think if they don't win the super bowl it's a disappointment for the 49ers so I, I think anything less than that is a failed season for this team they went all in and got christian mccaffrey and you know they they made you know they they put debo samuel gave him his money brandon Ayuk, he, i mean i didn't even realize he got 1000 yards. he was their leading receiver this year george kittle i believe he had about 10 touchdown catches this year. So they they put themselves in a a great position for them to say anything less than a Super Bowl win this year is more than likely a failed season. So shout out to the Niners for making that happen. Now, as far as the Jacksonville Jaguars against the L.A. Chargers, San Diego Chargers, the Disneyland Chargers, wherever the hell they call home, I said last week on my show that if the Chargers were going to lose, which I predicted them to lose, Brandon Staley had needed to get fired He actually really needed to get fired Really since last season and I know you could say Well, he was a first year coach Um, You know He didn't know what he was doing, but I One, I actually thought he was the offensive Coordinator for one of those Sean McVay teams. I didn't realize he was a defensive Guy. So the simple fact that This dude is a defensive play He comes from a defensive side of the football And for him to be going into the shell That shell defense where they you know, they don't let anything get behind them, but they give up a whole bunch of chunk plays below them. That just doesn't make sense to me. Now, I will say this about that game. I I I thought about it. I thought about it long and hard. I actually talked to a homeboy of mine later on that night. And I and I thought and I broke the game down to him. I was like, man, that 27 27 zip lead that the Chargers really had. Their offense didn't look that good, even if even Spike scoring 27 points. Okay, so the first drive, I think it was like the first or second play, Trevor Lawrence throws an interception in his own 20. So you get the ball back. The Chargers get the ball back. It's an automatic red zone situation. So at a minimum, they're going to get three points. The handing ball off to Austin Eckler, whatever. Cool to touch on. The second, like all the interceptions that Trevor Lawrence threw, It was on his side of inside of their own 30. So it's not like the Chargers really had to march down the field and actually put on a legitimate drive. So we don't really even know what that Chargers offense was looking like. But I will say this, 27 points is 27 points. You got to figure out how to keep that lead. Um, and they didn't. So I I don't know what the Chargers do, and everyone keeps saying with Sean Payton that's his number one destination. The the Chargers owner Spanos he's kind of like he's in the same boat as uh Mark Davis. He ain't got all that type of money to be yolling out, paying for Brandon Staley's salary and then trying to bring in Sean Payton's salary. Not to mention here's what the kicker that a lot of teams or a lot of people aren't talking about. If the if any team that does decide to sign Sean Payton, which is a big deal. They're going to have to come up off a first-round draft pick to give back to the New Orleans Saints. Denver, I don't know. They don't have a first-round draft pick, so are they going to go, I think, three years? Because they gave up their first-round draft pick last year, I believe, to get Russell Wilson. They're giving one up again this year, and they're going to give up another one next year. That doesn't really make sense. The Chargers, they need help probably in the secondary, even though they have Asante Samuel and Derwin James. They might need help on. They might need another safety, and they might need another corner. Something about that secondary just it, it ain't working. So you got to think about that, and also you got to start thinking about possibly bringing in a tight end, even though their tight ends are really really good. Probably helping out on the offensive line because my man Justin Herbert's just getting ate up, ate up all day long. He, he he out here, his jersey looks like pig pen every time he plays. So I I don't know if the Chargers can really a one afford monetary wise to get Sean Payton, and then b Go ahead and uh, give up a first round draft pick when clearly they need some help But I'm gonna get to Brandon Staley a little bit later on this show Like I said, I feel like he was coaching for his job It's It's Monday right now There hasn't really been any word on his job status But I mean, if I'm Sean Payton, I don't even know That job is probably the most desirable one Just because you get to work with Justin Herbert But I don't know if the Chargers can legitimately pull that off But enough about that we'll, we'll more to follow on brandon staley now the interesting another interesting game i thought legit wasn't the miami dolphins against the buffalo bills i honestly thought that the bills were probably just going to go ahead and lay down being the fact that they were on their third string quarterback the bills like i said the bills this bills team reminds me of the 2000 or not 2000 the 2020 lakers team that won the championship after Kobe Bryant passed away tragically. I felt like the Bills, like I said, anything that they got to do, they got to be playing for Demar Hamlin at this point, and anything less than that is a fail, is a failure. So with that being said, I thought that this was going to be like a homecoming game. They should have smoked Miami, and they didn't. They looked very, very – they, they looked off. Josh Allen had three turnovers, including the fumble ruski that was returned for a touchdown. And the Miami Dolphins showed grit. They didn't quit. They didn't lay down. I mean, you can even make a point that they probably should have won that game. Mike McDaniel, the coach of the Dolphins, that looks like Mark Anthony slash Logic, he probably poo-pooed that game away. There was a lot of miscommunications going around towards the last, last, I don't know, six or seven minutes of that game plays weren't getting called out in time so they had to eat a lot of touchdown or, i'm sorry not touchdown. Delayed delay games or they had to eat a lot of their, all three of their timeouts all three of their timeouts in the second half is due to the fact that the play clock was running low which usually tells me that either a the plays aren't getting come they're not coming out fast enough or b there's a little bit of miscommunication so there was a lot of then that's coaching that's coach, coaching things especially the plays aren't getting called out fast enough which mike mcdaniel was in charge of the play calling yesterday that's that's a lot of that's on him I I can't even really fault the players if they're not getting the plays out in time through the little headset so that's that I mean I'm looking to put a little bit of blame on Mike McDaniel first year coach hopefully he can try to you know do a little bit more situational awareness and they can try to get nipped that in the bud remember last year um, when the Cowboys were playing the 49ers I think I think it was the 49ers and they goofed up them 13 seconds as well so um, the dolphin and, and another thing is, what do the Dolphins plan on doing long-term-wise with Tua Tunnelo? Like, do you want to keep him? Because if you do, I don't know what that money looks like, especially a guy who suffered. I mean, they're saying it's two concussions this year. It's three. He had three concussions. He had that first concussion after that Bills game. Then the Thursday night game when he got stretchered off. And then this last game, I think that the last one in week four. 16 or 17 where he got hit again and i always say this in the military they have like hot weather hot weather casualties and cold weather casualties you know you you get fatigued and then you suffer from hypothermia once when you get one of those in like one of those things that happen to you you're more susceptible of getting it again so i'm pretty sure the same goes for a concussion for him to get three concussions in the span of two and a half months maybe if that is a red flag. So you gotta start thinking how many, you know, how many games is like you gotta start thinking is Tua gonna be able to play all 17 games next season or 18 games? I don't know. Um not to mention he's coming up on that fifth year deal, not next year but the year after. So will the uh will the dolphins want to re-sign him to a long term deal knowing that he's really really susceptible to getting concussions. So that's going to be really, really interesting to see what they want to do. Now, word on the street is he's he's ready to play next year. That's cool. You can be ready to play all you want. Your mind may, you know, your mind and your body may say so. But once you take that first hit and you get another concussion, then what? Like this is, you know, this is going to become a it's it's going to become a known issue and, a, and an ongoing issue when it comes for him. So I just hope that he takes all the time that he needs to recover, get the proper treatment. Just not, you know, not do too much this off season, and just kind of just decompress and just not take a lot of hits. I mean, they're not hidden during the off season, but just being able to decompress, relax, do whatever therapy that there is, um, and go from there. But they, the Dolphins the, the, the have nothing to be ashamed of. So shout out to them. It was a, it was a great game, actually a, a very, very good game to the point where they actually had to move the start time of the uh, the New York Giants against the Minnesota Vikings. Now, if you follow me on social media, I have been reigning, reaming the New York Giants this year. I said that this team is not good. They're overrated. They had no business winning nine games this season and that they're probably the weakest team in the playoffs. Now, with that being said, I also said that they were probably going to beat the Minnesota Vikings last week. So that just says Shows you how much I had faith in the Minnesota Vikings. They were the better-seeded team. They had the, I think they were um, Favored which I don't know what Vegas was thinking by favoring, you know putting them ahead, but whatever But I still didn't have any faith in the Minnesota Vikings And to my point Like I wasn't surprised that the Giants beat the Vikings yesterday. I will say this Brian Dable which I completely forgot was the offensive coordinator for the Buffalo Bills last year. He had Josh Allen. Josh Allen is a, a quarterback that can run, you know, run a mobile quarterback dual threat. I mean, if we keep in a, a buck with Danny Nichols, he's kind of the same. He was just turning the ball over a lot. I mean, I think he led the league in fumbles last year. Um, intercept, like he, he, led, he led the league in just turnovers. So... You know, he's put him, he's put Daniel Jones in situations w- with a trio of receivers that I've never even heard of before. Like I was joking with my homeboy when, you know, Fox, they, they score the touchdown, you know, when the player scores a the touchdown, they have the little cartoon animation of that player. I don't know who that number 15 dude was for the, for the, for the Giants, but I was surprised that they had a cartoon on him because I would have never known who he was. But I say it all to say the Giants played a perfect game. I don't know how many more perfect games do they have in them for them to be able to beat the Philadelphia Eagles next week. The only thing that's working for them is that they're playing them three times, it's within their division, and we don't know what Jalen Hurts looks like. We should assume that he's had two weeks off technically, well really four out of the last five weeks he's been able to take off. He missed two games, played the last game, and he's been off this week, and then he gets to recoup, so he's basically been off a month, essentially. That's going to be the key thing. And then also, you take away Saquon Barkley away, which that's what I would have did if I was Minnesota Vikings, but the Minnesota Vikings just don't have the personnel on defense to do that. The Eagles do. They got Ndamukong Su, they got uh, Lindahl Joseph, they got Fletcher Cox, they got Brandon Graham. Then you got a mean secondary. So they got a a loaded defensive roster, honestly. So if they can really kind of limit Saquon Barkley down, then what? Because I don't think them three receivers are going to be able to go off like they did Yesterday. Do I think the Giants have a shot? I'm gonna give them about a 30% chance that they got a shot of beating the Philadelphia Eagles. Only off the fact that they're playing them for the third time. And I just don't know what Jalen Hurts looks like. How healthy is that shoulder? How healthy, how you know, how's the the knocking off the you know, knocking off the rust? How is that all gonna look? So brian dayball could be the coach of the year he has put them he's put the giants in a position where they don't have to really stress and overthink things as far as daniel jones goes but if we're keeping in the buck i'm not gonna give a whole bunch of props to a team that i that we all knew should have beat the minnesota vikings like yeah you know you get a golf clap like you did what you were supposed to do all right cool now show me if you could really let me see if you really bought that life and you can actually beat the eagles if you can beat the Eagles, then yeah, I'm fully on board. And I'll be like, oh, okay. Maybe we did sleep on this team, but I'll give them a 30% chance that they can do it. But I'm also not going to be giving out, you know, rah, rah, rah speeches for a team that should have did what they did. So good job to the Giants. They did what they were supposed to do. I knew they were going to beat the Vikings. So I didn't have no doubt in my mind. And also at the same time, what the hell was Kirk Cousins thinking on fourth and nine throwing it three yards like you're better off just chucking the ball down the field and, and tossing a jump on if it gets picked off at least you could say you threw it down the field but you didn't even make it to the first down yard marker which didn't even make sense so you damn near just gave up so the vikings were trash this year they they were like i think you know they 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 came in within they had five one score games that they won eventually lady that's going to biting you in the butt and it's going to bite you in the butt where you're going to try to depend on the close game And you're not going to be able to make those plays. And and, and the bill was due for them yesterday. So um, not really too surprised about the game. The Giants played a flawless game. I just don't know if they can put two flawless games back-to-back like that. Didn't turn the ball over. I don't even know if they punted the ball, come to think of it. And they made key defensive stops, so good for them. Um, Baltimore and Cincinnati was a very, very, very interesting game, ladies and gentlemen, last night. That was another game that I thought, since he was just going to walk right on over, it was going to be a homecoming game, and that they shouldn't have had any issues beating the Ravens. I didn't know (laughs) that the Ravens' defense was going to do what they did, and if you really think about it, if it wasn't, the game came down to, um, what's my man's name, Uh, Tyler Huntley, the the backup quarterback for the Ravens, who went for that... uh, that, that that quarterback sneak over the line and then got the ball fumbled and Sam Hubbard, I believe is his name, returned the ball back for 98 yards on that fumble. That was the game right there. So if you think about it, the game was close all the way up until that one little tidbit and the, game, the, game, the wheels fell off. And to the point where I think it was the last play, Huntley threw the ball down and it was tipped around and number three for the Ravens almost could have caught the ball and dropped it. So they came very, very close. Another game that I did not think was going to be that competitive. I just thought that the the Bengals were going to have a a homecoming game that was going to be able to do what they needed to do and go on about their business. wasn't necessarily the case. Um, but two things that stood out to me, and I was I was again I was talking to my homeboy again about about the game. We were I think we were watching the game. We had a little watch party, and the first thing I said to him, I was like, "Hey man, where's Lamar Jackson? Like I haven't seen him in his little frozone outfit on the sidelines." And he was like, yeah, you're right. And I I just got to thinking, I was like, that's a little weird that he's not there on the sidelines. Didn't, you know, and then I didn't realize it was going to be that much of a bigger deal today. But it did, I I was thinking about that initially when when I was watching the game. I was like, man, they ain't panned the camera on him and then come to find out he wasn't at the game. I don't know what the situation is there. I did say last week on my show that I wouldn't have been shocked if the Ravens decided to get... To move on from John Harbaugh, just based off the fact that the last time, the, the last Super Bowl they won was about 10 years ago. I don't know how many times they've been in the AFC Championship game. I think once or twice since then. Um, I just felt like maybe there is a time, there's, there might be a time for a new voice to step up in there. But <clears throat> based off of what we saw yesterday with that game being that close with your backup quarterback, I'm not so sure. I think he's done enough to keep his job if he wants to keep it. Now, if he gets up and walks on out the door, I mean, more power to him. I don't – I understand. I don't – I can even quote-unquote say I don't blame him um, based off of how everything's kind of played out the last few weeks with the Lamar Jackson situation. But I also think that this was a issue that couldn't have been – that could have been a non-issue if they had just sold up Lamar Jackson before the season began. Um, So, I I did think that they – they could have got the – they could have got that deal done. If Lamar Jackson's thinking that he's going to get Mr. Freak McNoodle, a.k.a. Deshaun Watson money, then he he's tripping. He's tripping. And I understand that he's saying that that's what he that's what that man got. And that's what he deserves. Yes and no, you deserve it. But I mean, he didn't even deserve it. So you're going off of something that somebody didn't deserve. And you think that that money is realistic, that every quarterback should be able to get that money. And that's not necessarily true. So I don't know if he walks. And I don't know where he can go. Where I like, let's just say, if he went to the Jets, I mean, whew, more power to him. You know, that's what's up. I I think he can make things happen. But also, he's missed, I believe, ten games in the last ten years. And running quarterbacks like him, they don't they don't last too long. You know, you think of your Robert Griffin's, your Michael Vicks, um, hell. You know, even Steve Young, um, you know, Rich Gannon's—they—they don't—they lifespan ain't that long. So you got to figure out how much you want to keep running. Hell, even Cam Newton, to a certain point, certain point, he broke down real quick. So you know, really, really fast. Like it happens very, very fast—the drop off of being an elite dual threat quarterback to just if you ain't got your legs under you, no more than, you know. It just ain't going to work. Look at Russell Wilson. He was a guy who was able to extend plays with his feet and whatnot, be able to scramble. And now he's not able to do that. And he's just a sitting duck. And they're just teeing off on him left and right. I don't know. I don't know how much, how long is that? How long can that be sustained? Maybe two, three more years at a peak elite level. And then he'll still be good. He'll still be, you know, uh, you know, above average. And then the, the 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 falling off the cliff is just on sight. You just it just hits you, and it ain't something that you can come back from. So you got to think about all those different things when it comes into effect. When you're talking about a dual threat quarterback who depends on his feet so much, Justin Fields for the Chicago Bears is going to be like that very very soon in a few years as well. So I'd be on the lookout for that. So I'm very very interested to see what they're going to do uh, with with Lamar Jackson. But I just thought it was a little weird. I was like, yo, he ain't even there. He comes out with some cryptic posts today. You know, talking about, you know, his teammates said that if he could have showed up, he'd have been there. You know, if he played, they would have won. Cool, I believe, you know, probably. You, might, you know, it might be true, but he won there. And you guys were very, very, very close to winning that game. So very, very interesting. Now we can go ahead and talk about these divisional rounds next week. We got Jacksonville against Kansas City. Um, we got New York against Philly. We got Cincy against Buffalo, which will be very, very interesting. And it's safe to say we're going to have uh, Dallas against San Francisco next week. Jacksonville against Kansas City is a tricky game. Like, I don't think Trevor Lawrence is going to throw four interceptions in one quarter next week. But I also don't know if that's a, if the Jaguars can come back from 27 points down against the Kansas City Chiefs. I don't know That's if that's something that you want to be playing with um but what i will say this doug peterson is a hell of a coach um i'm not gonna say he got a raw deal out of philadelphia um because if you look at what the coach is doing now for them he's he's got them boys playing pretty you know he's got them two playoff births back-to-back years so i'm not gonna give, give give the eagles too much slack for letting go to doug peterson that soon but things happen but doug peterson is a very 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 good coach and he may be able to Pull a couple of trick plays like he did last week. I'm not so sure, but I'm giving the Jaguars a 25% chance of winning. Just, I'm not gonna say it's a shoe-in fit for them, but it, it's it's possible, maybe. Eh? Now as far as the Giants against the Philadelphia Eagles, um, there's a lot of people saying that the Eagles should smoke the Giants. This is true. I don't know if they're going to smoke them because like i said when you play a team three times in one year that's tough that's tough um i think Saquon, if they can figure out what they're going to do with Saquon, then I mean, if you think about it, the Giants' office is a one-trick pony, really a two-trick pony. If Saquon ain't going off on the on the ground game, then you give it to Daniel Jones. I don't know how many times they're going to sit there and have Daniel Jones out there running because them boys about to get ready to tee off on Daniel Jones, and I don't know how many hits is he is his body willing to take. Um, so I'm gonna give the I'm gonna give the Eagles or I'm gonna give the Giants a 20% chance of winning. Um, Is it far-fetched for them to winning? No. Would I be shocked if they won? Nah, not really. Um, I just don't know what Jalen Hurts' shoulder is going to be looking like. And I don't know what else. I I don't know what else the Giants could. Like, they have to play literally another perfect game. Again, just like the Minnesota Vikings played, you know, with winning all those close games. I don't know how many times can you play on that side of the field and be that close of just winning close games. The same thing with playing pert when you're a less talented team, you know, with playing with less talent and things like that, especially in your skill positions, playing perfect can only get you so far. You can't keep doing that. Sustain- you can't sustain that for that many times in a row. That's super duper stressful. And then also at the end of the day, talent kind of over overmatches things. So I don't know how many times they can, you know, I don't know if they can run another game back playing perfect again. And technically, they're on a short week. So, they play Saturday as opposed to Sunday. So, they got one less day. So, we'll see. I I, I think they can win, but I want to be... You know, if you're asking me, would I be surprised if the Giants won? No. Do I think they can they, they win the game? No. But we'll see. Yo, Cincinnati against Buffalo is going to be very, 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 very interesting. It's the first time, well, technically, they get to run that game that never happened. Rightfully so, back. So... Um, I don't know. That's really a pick em game. Both teams. I'm not going to say played bad, but they definitely played down to the level yesterday. Um, so it's going to be very, very interesting to see who's been, who's going to be able to ride, you know, take that wake up call a little bit more serious. Um, but I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a firm believer of just, you can't, you know, when you got a tragic, a, a scary slash tragic situation to happen with the Buffalo Bills, you know, you you can't lose though. You can't lose, but you're playing against a team that quote unquote went through the same stuff as y'all did because they played each other. So that's really a fifty-fifty pickup game. I don't know. Um, I don't. I, I, that's a pick 'em game. If I had to lean towards, like I said, they got to treat this like the Kobe year. The Bills do. They got to win. So I'm giving the Bills. I I I, I want that. You know, I, I'm. I think the Bills will win. Just based off of that alone, and don't you know if, if Demar Hamlin shows up to that game, ooh, man, everybody gonna have goosebumps and you know chicken chicken necks and chicken skin and be misty eyed and everything else. So, yeah, I'm, I'm gonna go with the Bills. Now, as far as the Cowboys and the Niners, I think this is the most interesting game. I, I think the Sunday games are really the most interesting games with Cincy and Buffalo, and Dallas against San Francisco. San Francisco beat Dallas last year. Um in a very very interesting game. I think that was a game where they couldn't get the playoff um, It had to have been um, but they didn't get the playoff in 13 seconds I don't know if that this team should be better than that team last year But like I said, the San Francisco 49ers team is really 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 good I think i've seen them twice in person this year them boys the boys is legit um I, I i'm assuming that, that, that you the cowboys luck is probably going to run out this sunday wouldn't be shocked if they lost. um Wouldn't be shocked at all. Like I, I, I don't think. I mean, if as long as Dak plays another, like Dak played a perfect game today. That's another situation. Can he play another perfect game next week? You know, Dak has led the league in interceptions. I think he had like three out of his last four games. He had a pick six. So I, I don't know if he can do that against. This healthy defense that's more ferocious that goes after the quarterback that has a great secondary, a, probably the best linebacking core in football. I don't know if Dak is going to be able to play at an elite level again. Like I said, they're kind of in the same boat in the same boat as the Giants as far as playing perfect games. They played a perfect game tonight, but they played a perfect game tonight against a very very, you know, Tampa Bay laid an egg tonight, y'all. Like they had the case of the the. The most sourest lemon that you can that you can ever sit there and, and get your hands on, they have the sourest lemon booty, a case of the lemon booty that you could ever have, especially with a Tom Brady laid team. So, um, this is this is what you know. This is probably the best that the Cowboys have looked probably since they put up that fifty burger against the Colts. But I don't know. I don't know if they're gonna do that against the Niners next week. I don't see that happening. So, let's go ahead and just chalk that up for the Niners. Um, and that's about it for my wild card weekend slash division around playoffs. Also, before we dip up out of here today, I can't go out the show without saying, giving acknowledgement that today is Dr. Martin Luther King Day. Um, shout out to everybody that was able to have the day off today. But also, I hope everyone had the time, whether they was working or not, just the time to reflect on everything that Dr. Martin Luther King did for not just black people, but all minorities, uh, the, LG, the, 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 the LGBTQ community and things of all that nature just for making sure that anybody was treated equal. So I hope everyone was able to take that time out to kind of reflect, think about where they are with the lives and be able to provide for the next generation that's coming up behind us as well. So um, with that being said, before we get up out of here, we definitely got to about, talk about the dummy of the day with a bad transition, but I had to put that in there. <laughs> We gotta talk about this Brandon Staley cat for the um, the head coach of the, the, the I was about to say the San Diego Chargers. I'm gonna say the San Diego, San Diego Chargers. I hope um, Spanos didn't make didn't let Dean, uh, Brandon Staley get on that team plane back to wherever the hell they called wherever they could whatever they call home. I hope he didn't let him on that sh- on that on that plane. I hope he had on some good walking shoes. I hope he did a lot of cat cow yoga poses before the game, and he stretched out because he should be. I don't know. Maybe at the panhandle of Florida right now. If he if he started walking from TIA field out there in Duval County, he should be at the in Destin, Florida today. I, I would hope so. Because there's no way you can keep that man as your head coach. This dude is too reckless. He clearly get he's clearly played nothing but Madden. Like I'm pretty sure when he's he's drawn up his play his playbook and planning for the games um for the upcoming week, he's playing Madden. He has to be. And I've played against Madden. I've played all against all different types of people, Madden. And I, the worst one is the one that will go for fourth down in their own 30. Like, bro, like this ain't even, this ain't even entertaining. And that's all this man has done his entire career. Some people say it's aggressive. Some people say it's analytical. I think it's just common sense. Like there's a lot of things, especially last year. Like I said, the tie where he could have went for the tie against the Raiders didn't do that to the point where the Raiders didn't even really know what to do because they were playing for the tie and realized that there wasn't a tie. But whatever. And, again, last week, week 18, um, he plans on playing his starters and ended up getting his star wide receiver. Mike Williams hurt and, and breaks his back. Um, Joey Bosa had to take himself out of the game because he was fatigued. It really wasn't until the late fourth quarter where he started pulling his starters out. And it was like, bro, like w- w- this was so unnecessary. You weren't going to get a better seeding. It didn't matter if you won or lost. You were already locked in with the playoff seed that you were. Why risk your players? Just get You basically had a bye week. Use it. You might have been able to beat the Jags, but everyone was kind of not surprised. Everyone was kind of picking the Jags because they knew that you were such an idiot as a head coach. So, Brandon Staley, I, 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 in, in, in situations like this where I'm like, okay, what does ownership think when they have coaches like this? And you have a, I'm not going to say a once-in-a-generational quarterback talent in Justin Herbert. He's, he's dope. I like him a lot. Um, but we kind of do give him a little bit of a pass. Like he didn't have a great game Saturday. Like I don't, I don't even know what. He, I think he had one touchdown. Austin Eckler is the reason why they were up twenty-seven to zip at one point. He had two touchdowns. So I, I'm not gonna put Justin Herbert. He's there. He he can be there. But also at the same time, a lot of this is on coaching. Like I just don't know when you got a talent like Justin Herbert, how much you you just wasting my man's life away on a rookie on a rookie contract. When if you look at this, the, the the Chargers' roster, they're stacked. They're stacked all over the place. They should. They they could be super Bowl, like they could be Super Bowl contenders. But they're just like a LOL team. Like ain't nobody taking them serious. So I don't know. They can talk about bringing Sean Payton there all they want. Like I said, they're gonna have to come up off a first round draft pick. He's not gonna be cheap. The the Chargers don't have money all like that. So I don't know what they do, but they can't keep moving forward with this Brandon Staley cat. And this needs to be a lesson to a lot of these coaches that keep playing these Madden, that keep making these Madden type calls. Like you out here playing with people's lives and people's jobs. Like there's probably the 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 dude anywhere on roster number 48 to 52, 53, that's that's probably gonna lose their job because of what you did. Also, Joey Bosa, you probably one of the reasons why they lost their game too as well, if we're keeping it a buck. You had a couple of unnecessary, I think two unsportsmanlike calls. You you couldn't keep your composure. So, But again, it's just one of those franchises that just, it's the Chargers. Like they do Charger things. And that was the most Charger way of losing the football game. I don't know if they thought they was playing TCU in the national championship game. But that's what it felt like. But it is what it is. So um, the Chargers slash Brandon Silly is my dummy of the day to no surprise (laughs) no surprise at all but hey once again you've been listening to the sports business podcast i am your host eric compton aka money compton you can find me on instagram at money compton you can also email the show hey like i said today's january the 16th make sure y'all take them christmas trees down um email me about what you think about what the city of san francisco is doing that's very very interesting if they do pull the trigger on that um, like I said, you can also find me on the Twitterverse at S P R T Z B I Z N E S S. We do this show once a week, so we'll probably run it back next week and we'll be probably be going into championship Sunday. So, you know, until then be safe and we'll talk to you next week. We're out.